Welcome to Fundamentally Drained Podcast with your hosts, Father Everett Lees, Father Tom Dahlman, and Justin Dixon. Three Christians exploring Christianity from a perspective other than the fundamental view from which we have become fundamentally drained. We'll begin the conversation, and you take it from there. Today we will talk uh, more about music, and uh, this is part two of our uh, discussion on music. Um, Hopefully uh, we didn't bore everyone with our last episode. Uh, For us it was very interesting, we hope you found it that way too. (laughs) Uh, But today we're going to talk a little bit more about some specifics. Um, Later uh, we'll talk about secular music, but uh, first, when I was growing up, there was a denomination in our hometown that did not allow instruments. And, um, you know, we, I never quite understood why, uh, I mean, to sit down and actually say or understand what the biblical reference was to why instruments were not used, I had no understanding of it. I don't remember that we, you know, necessarily uh, dug into that or if they were made fun of or what it was, but it was just like, this is bad and, you know, you can't do it. And, excuse me, we never really understood why. I'm not sure that I specifically understand why today. So I'm going to pick on (laughs) Tom, who can talk a little bit about that. And he also is going to sing a cappella for us uh, to close the show today. So, Tom, now that you're on the spot, um, why... (laughs) Why? I didn't know I was singing a solo today, <laughs> but I'm happy to do it, Justin. Oh it, man! Don't ma- don't make me sing. <laughs> you sing beautifully. <laughs> That's okay. from Saturday Night Live. What? So. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, my bad. Yeah. Um, Saturday Night Live's the devil. I don't watch that stuff. So uh-huh. anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, why do some churches uh, feel that instruments? are bad and i'm saying bad um and and you can correct me on if that is even the way to to, you know say that so why do some churches not use instruments oh well the denomination that i grew up in um acapella churches of christ do not use instruments because they are trying to um, do things by the in a scriptural way just following only the New Testament because they would say the old law, the Hebrew scriptures, the law of Moses are, are uh, were kind of set aside, nailed to the cross, some would say at the resurrection. So uh, there's nowhere in the New Testament where we see the church, and this is what they would say, there's nowhere in the New Testament where we see Christians worshiping with instruments and there's nowhere in um there's no example of it there's no command to do it we can't infer it anywhere although i think we can um so it's a it was originally an effort to be there was this movement towards simplicity in worship and it was a movement towards christian unity and so the more they could simplify the more they could be united. And so they were kind of trying to take everything. It was extreme, extreme end, I guess, of the Reformation, you could say. It was restoration. So they're trying to make it as simple and plain as possible. 
uh, the bare bones get back to the primitive early church was the idea and so that's why they and it's it there are about 10 denominations based on my research that really? are a cappella including the orth, most orthodox churches are are uh, a cappella really um and you, they use more like chants and stuff like that yeah yes okay interesting yeah. um so so from what i just heard you're saying that since they did not read about instruments in churches that worship in the new testament they thought it had been removed so there is no actual line in the old testament or hebrew scriptures that says do not use instruments in church or nowhere in the new testament no is there a command Although there are lots of commands to sing and make music in your heart. So they would say the only commands we have, relate, the only instrument we have is the human voice. So, Well, and, and I've, I've talked to um, a friend that Tom and I both have in, in common. And he said, you know, the other thing is, is that um, it focuses on the whole as opposed to... Um, say the the star vocalist and so it really it focused no. <laughs> congregational gathering rather than you know a particular is that i mean tom is that true yes um although there are a lot of those churches now that do have kind of solos and groups that do special music um the majority just have simple congregational singing with someone who essentially just starts the song and keeps it going, but it's a congregational um, singing. And not Nadia Boltz-Weber, her Lutheran, well, she's no longer, I don't think she's actually there as pastor anymore, but the church that Nadia Boltz-Weber was pastoring in Denver, she grew up Church of Christ, and her Lutheran church was a cappella. It's a, it's a beautiful uh, way to worship. It's a simple way. It's you, when you're not singing with the piano, you can't hear how off you are often, so it <laughs> leads you to believe you're better singers than you are. But I, I know, I know, I know what you mean. <laughs> I, uh, but yeah, the simplicity of it and the fact that people just kind of feel free or feel the expectation to sing is kind of is something that I uh, enjoyed and miss. So, just to be honest. <laughs> okay. Well, what's what's fun, what's funny about that though is is like so I went to our our friend's church. Um, he was they were having a, a speaker in and and he was like, hey, you'd really enjoy listening to this guy. He was from uh, OC and in, in, in Edmond, and so they 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 do worship, but then they they use a projector to project. The words and the notes you're supposed to sing. <laughs> so, you know, a piano, not a go. Projector, go. <laughs> it's a go. All right, so. <laughs> so, I, okay. No, now we're just getting, now we're just there, nitpicking. <laughs> yes. If, okay, go ahead. Wait, I'm wait, sorry. wait, wait, wait. Let's I'm not go down this road. The, Hold on. I'm going to resist the urge. Hold on. Back it up. Back it up. Back it up. Okay. okay. Um, so, <laughs> so the, um, 
I think it's funny, Tom, that you said a piano can drown out someone and they can't realize <laughs> how terrible they <laughs> sing. <laughs> yeah, not not drown out. I but so the piano, if it's in tune, is is um, hitting the right note. Oh, that's and funny. most of us, we uh, unfortunately in our country don't have much music training in our schools, so uh, we're. We're not singing the right note. We think we are, but when you <laughs> hit a piano, oh, no, huh? I know I'm not. Yeah, I'm so, iffy. <laughs> I'm sometimes singing the right notes. But I have heard not. some real beautiful, uh, beautiful singing in those churches. So. All right, so I, I got to back up and question something you said. You um, said, and I hope you remember this. You said that the simplification of this worship was used to build unity, correct? Orig yes, originally that was the goal. Okay, and so I'm curious Eventually. because... It, and I'm, I'm just going to pick out something, and this is me picking in the dark and picking on a denomination, but um, the Church of Christ that I uh, grew up around um, was... They, they did not use instruments, but it was my understanding that they also thought... Okay, and I'm just going to use this phrase for what it came out as in childhood was that they were the only ones going to heaven. They were the chosen ones. So that doesn't work into a play on unity very well. So what did you mean by that? So originally it was a unity movement. Um, it didn't stay that way. Okay, okay, okay. All right, yeah. that, that answers it. I, I was just that when you said that, I'm like, what? That seems like the opposite of that. So, okay. And they would not say that they're the only ones going to heaven. They would say um, only people who have been baptized into Christ are going to heaven. And they, and only, and to their knowledge, um, there aren't that many churches that teach what they would call the New Testament's view of baptism. Mm -hmm. So it didn't matter what the sign said on the church you went to. Um, the question was, did you have a correct understanding of salvation when you're baptized? So, um, so and how, what this whole baptism thing was all about, you know? So they would, there weren't, but there weren't that much, but essentially, yes, that was the the idea of Church of Christ was to find just a biblical name. So, okay, I don't so, I don't want to make this about that. That's okay. No, it's probably more about the people who um, opposed it, who gave it the you know incorrect understanding. Like, well, you you said you're the only one going to you know, all right, <laughs> um, as opposed to what they truly believe. That makes sense. I mean, that's that's as we were talking about before it started. The, the things we oppose, <laughs> this is what we take out of context. Um, There's really good jokes about every denomination. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, so, do instruments do instruments matter then? In that, whether we use them or not, what is your opinion? I mean, I know both of you use them <clears throat> in your churches, but do you have any opinions on them? Which ones are used? How they're used? Things like that. Everett. Everett. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, you know, this is one of those issues that's divided. Um, uh, wor wor issues around worship, style of worship, style of music is the thing that probably has divided Christians more 
than anything else. Really? Okay. Um, and and if it isn't, um, you can now quote me as saying that it is, and so you can say Father Ever Lee's goes on record. Great. <laughs> um, but a lot, but but it seems like a lot of the arguments that churches have have to do with the style of music, whether it's contemporary or right. you know, or sing from hymnal or re, you know. Um, and and I think that part of the reason is is that I mean, uh, mu- I mean, we just we know anthropologically that that music is a huge way in which the human psyche connects and learns and processes. Um, and, and, and music has been used for, you know, since the beginning of time as a way of telling our stories. And so it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's right. So it's not an unimportant thing, but it, 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 it seems like we put a whole, whole lot of energy uh, into it beyond, you know, maybe what the value of it is. Hmm. Okay. Tom? Uh, I agree with Everett. When I left that church, they were in the middle of what I call the worship wars, They're fighting about contemporary or traditional worship, and it, it split the church. So many people left. And I... I prefer, I mean, my preference is that worship should be a uniting thing and be focused on God and not be a, a divisive thing. And uh, these these old classic hymns of the church have a certain depth and quality to them that has allowed them to survive as long as they have. Mm, and you can yeah. tell a lot of the songs that I fought for and that I was teaching and leading every Sunday and pushing on to people, nobody cares about them anymore. <laughs> and they've died and disappeared because they weren't that good. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, just to be honest, and there are some that will survive that are good. And, uh, the te- I mean, they say time is the true test. Yeah. But uh, I just, um, I think that every church should sing with gusto they should sing in a way that's uh unique authentic to their uh voice and culture and and it could be with an organ singing classic hymns it could be uh acapella singing uh you know simple kind of country tunes or it could be uh you know gospel but hopefully when people come in they people can find uh people belting it out, you know, whether they sound good or not. But Do you have a problem with soloist? Um, uh, this is kind of a trap. I don't mean to say it that way. Would it's you, a trap! Um, do you... You know, in, 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 in our church, you know, we typically do not clap, and, and um, I'm going to put James Patrick Hall... Hi, James. On the, <laughs> on the block for this one. <laughs> and... Um, because we talked about it one time, and and um, I believe in our conversation, it may be yeah, that you know there's there's you don't clap after the choir sings or you know after someone performs in church because it is all for honor and glory of God, not for the choir or the soloist and things like that. Do you feel the same way? Is that how you you know conduct things? I mean, it's as I remember, we would 
you know, clap and, 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 you know, maybe say amen or something like that growing up. But now in our tradition, it doesn't happen that often. And so how do you feel about that? Is that the way you feel as well? I mean, the original, what the bet to the best of our knowledge, the early church saying antiphonally where they would kind of have one side responding to the other typically involved it was the psalms they were singing Mm -hmm. and uh so you can't say that you'd really be painting yourself into a corner to say you can't have one group listening to another group sing you know (laughs) so good good job (laughs) yeah uh but so no i don't have a problem with but i do think you have to um figure out there's kind of a fine line between entertainment and edification mm. and uh if you're going to have someone doing a solo they they should either uh know what they're doing or they should uh have some special tie to the music you know and so i so no i don't have a problem with it but i do think you have to just use your judgment and uh, make it about all those things worship has been, you know, ideally are about and not is about and not um, I'm him hawing around. Done for the I right reasons. Find, that's your, yeah, that's your, there you go. Done for the right reasons as opposed to, oh, I wish I could sing like Nikki. Mm, Nikki, she can mm. sing, you know, where it builds pride into it or something kind of like, or, or coveting kind of down those lines of things, I think is what you mean. Or shaming for that matter. Right. You know, well, I know for some people, they, um, you know, so some of our hymns in the hymnal are written with a descant, which is like, you know, maybe on the chorus or on the uh, the, the last verse or something. Those who have a have a high voice go higher, and I guess maybe there's also the reverse, like those with low voices might go no lower than what everyone else is singing. Lower. And uh, and it can be, and, and and it is it is it is really really beautiful but i i i know clergy who absolutely hate descants being used because they feel like it is amplifying um a group or a section over others yeah um i mean i disagree with that their with their assumption but <clears throat> You know, I mean, even within the hymnal, there are questions around, you know, I can, I can remember, um, oh gosh, I I can't even think of the, the, the hymn name, but, um, it's like bread, bread of, bread of heaven, something anyways. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. That, yeah. (laughs) That's one way to get everyone to stop stop listening. Uh, but anyways, I can, I mean, I can remember this guy, Ed Sturm in the St. Mary's choir. And he would always on that note go lower, and it was just like like I hear it to this day. Mm, yeah, that's how I hear yeah. the and I and, and I love it for that reason. To me, go ahead. No, it's okay. Go ahead. To me, the question is, and this might be where you're going, Justin, but um, is the music in is our worship about the individual? Or is our worship about the community? Um, and I think in the worship wars that 
I was talking about and that are still going in on in a lot of denominations. They have a worship style and a theology that's inherently individualistic. Mm-hmm. So it's it's about you being fed, you uh, enjoying the worship, your style, your preference, and liturgy is inherently communal. Right. So I have not experienced, and I've, I've said this to evangelical friends, I have not experienced the worship wars in the Episcopal Church, and I, and I doubt I will ex- see that or experience it because um, it just doesn't, I know Episcopal churches that use contemporary music, praise and worship music in there for their music, but there hasn't been a fight over it at those churches. Um, it's just, I don't, even if you're singing those songs, but if you're, if they're part of the liturgy and your approach is communal, not individualistic, then the fight usually doesn't happen. We're silly little humans. <laughs> we are. <laughs> I'm just thinking about. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking about this conversation, I, and I'm pretty sure that 18 year old Justin would would kick my butt for it. <laughs> I have not seen those. Why would 18 year old Justin kick your butt for it? I'm not saying that there's never been a fight. There, I'm sure there has been. No, but. it's like, are you really talking about this? Really? Because this matters, you know. But. Nonetheless, we're on a podcast, and this is a conversation to have. <laughs> well, and 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 I think you know where where I get frustrated is when we make generalizations about what 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 holy music should be like. Um, you know, you go and um, you know you watch video of of Anglican churches worshiping in Africa, and. I mean, they're they're singing, they're clapping, they're they're dancing because that's you know part of the African culture, and it's and and and, it, and it's beautiful. Um, but when we sit there and we say, "Well, true authentic Anglican worship would never do," right? I I think we do. Um, I think we do disservice. Yeah. The whole beauty of, to me, I agree with that. Yeah. Anglicanism is that it's big and broad, and you know that should be re- reflected in the worship too. I think, but um, maybe not in within individual churches, but um, across the spectrum, it's, it's hard to have eighty different styles in one church. You know, mm-hmm. but. Um, why would 18, obviously though, Justin, this is what I would say to 18-year-old Justin back here. <laughs> obviously, you should talk about it, because isn't music what part of what drove 18-year-old Justin out of the church? Yes, Tom. Why did you, you bring that up? No, <laughs> you wanted to, uh, you were singing in a band, right? You were doing the rock and roll thing. And <laughs> I watch that tone it when didn't you say feel, rock and roll. Uh, it didn't feel congruent with your church life, right? You know, that's a great segue, Tom. Thank you. <laughs> Into secular music. So, um, you know, I, I uh, so growing up, uh, <laughs> I, I'm about to watch Waterboy with Emma, my oldest, for the first time. Pretty excited. Good day. <laughs> and so, and everything that, uh, whatever his name is, the water boy's name, mama says it's the devil. 
And uh, so growing up, there were all kinds of devil music. And, um, and I, I'm curious for you all, because that, that's what I, I was into metal um, and still am and, um, you know, rock, whatever you want to call it. And, um, and still listen to it. You know, I'll end this podcast and turn something on. So I'm curious what your experience with was with secular music, not necessarily metal rock, whatever it is, you know, in the past or in the day or what your church or your faith thought about it. Is it bad? Is it good? Is it, why are we having this discussion? What is it, Everett? You know, I I had th- th- this was this was zero issue for me growing up. Mm. Nice, no hangups. <laughs> <laughs> no hangups. Yeah, that's, that's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, as a matter of fact, yep. I mean, I, I mean, I, I would say that that other than Christmas carols, I don't think we ever listened to like what we would call Christian music. Yeah, right. Uh, so almost everything I listened to as a kid was was uh, secular music. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And I, and let me say, I think I think we create a, a too hard of a dividing line between what secular and religious is. Uh, Expand on that. Well, I mean, I mean, just just because something doesn't explicitly um, mention God doesn't mean that that it can't, you know, be be spiritual. That is not art. And beauty and so on yeah. are part of you know God's creation, right? Right, right. See, that's what exactly what I was waiting for. So I could jump on you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Tom. The theology. I mean, there is no sacred secular divide. It's all of our life is is spiritual, physical can be spiritual. That's um, there is music that's. Of course, not spiritual, but that doesn't mean that that's the secular and that Everett's right. So, uh, but I grew up. It was interesting because of the weird stuff about music um, in our church. What felt like what I couldn't listen to is Christian music. <laughs> oh yeah, right. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. So uh, and later, as you know, over time that changed. And it kind of did kind of shift to the general evangelical thing of, you know, I don't listen to this. But I grew up when I was up until, gosh, high, late high school or college, it was, I could, you know, I hadn't, like Everett, I had no uh, prohibition on, I just listened to whatever kind of music I wanted. Yeah. So Interesting. Man, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So me, <laughs> I went to seminars about how bad and how satanic rock music was. Mm. I've sat in rooms with video projectors projecting album covers up on the screen and talking about how, you know, this is a satanic symbol, this is an emblem, this band promotes satanism, you know, and all blah 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 blah. What? Yeah, that's how Satan gets us. <laughs> <laughs> and um and you know metallica and uh i don't even know where to go from there I, just so many people you know and so um and what do you think that did for me <laughs> made you rebel <laughs> yeah, i'm like i just have to hide my metallica albums now <laughs> mhm well i i you know what i remember in high school and so I, and i went to a catholic high school 
that we had a speaker who came and talked about how um god now the song is coming out of uh by the the eagles um hotel, hotel california, california was a was a satanic song yep and i have ne- and i have never seen more pushback oh yeah uh than than from that claim right i mean they, they it was on man just so much so much beautiful <laughs> amazing music was just tabbed you know and um and and i mean man rock and roll is it's show you know, so they're going to push the envelope and do all these things, and it was just you know taken anyway. I, I I've got a I've got a soapbox to hop on that I there's no reason to because I think everybody understands it already. Um, but it was just interesting how you know it, in the world of where uh, rebellion and especially in a teenage mind, if the teenager is rebellious in that way or you know however it is and i think everyone tends to have a little bit in them you know if you can't have sugar cereal what do you want (laughs) or donuts you want them so it's kind of that moderation thing um but it when it boils down to the things that you pick on um or you focus on just like instruments in church or whenever uh, or how someone sings or how they do this and when you put the magnifying glass on it i think that's when it reveals how much you know how wrong um god i can't come up with a thing to say right now um i think that's what pushes people away that's my point um, it goes back to that guy who has never shown up in church before he comes in and he wears you know a hat in the sanctuary or nave or something and someone comes up to him and goes take that hat off you know it's like dude don't attack them they don't know they don't understand that you know if we want we can be reverent in here and things like that um so anyway uh, and i'd even challenge the notion that that hats are oh nice really wow okay very interesting thank you for that um, because that's that kind of mentality. And, and this is in this, you know, if someone's listening to this, maybe from outside of <laughs> Oklahoma culture, maybe that they're going, what the heck is wrong with these people? Yes. <laughs> um, and so I have, uh, I mean, as Everett said, there is, there's, I think there's art, there's beauty. And, and also Tom, um, thank you all for that. And, and so for all of my friends out there <laughs> who had to burn, their Metallica albums, <laughs> tapes, their tapes, and things like that. I'm sorry that you did not get it, and I hope you bought it the album again. <laughs> yes, and I think we, I think, I think as you close out this uh, episode, once you edit it, you need to close it out with a little Metallica. You know, I would like to, but unfortunately, our uh, podcast hosting website frowns upon that. <laughs> so we're going to close out with um, with uh, Tom singing <laughs> creeping death <laughs> i don't sorry. know that song i know i'm sorry i should have came up with something uh enter sandman how about that that's a little more popular metallica song so um okay we are out of time but i i have to touch on this one thing who listened to striper i actually did have that tape because i bought it out of curiosity <laughs> to hell to hell with the devil yes Right. Yes. To hell I, with I, the I, devil. <laughs> did you hear Everett? Do you know who Striper is? No. Oh my gosh. 
Dude, like a Christian up, metal band. They were uh, so they were hair band, glam rock. Um, so around the time of Motley Crue and other you know uh, big hair bands, <clears throat> an unnamed Deacon that time, um, <laughs> and uh, and so they were the Christian version of that. And it's really funny because now I think about it, they dressed up like bumblebees. <laughs> Their band's color was yellow and black. Uh, they didn't really dress up like bumblebees. But they were all decked out in yellow and black makeup, big, you know, teased up hair and stuff like that. And their hit song, and I'm using quote fingers, was To Hell With The Devil. Mm-hmm. I can remember because just like I'm sure you all do, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to try this Christian rock thing, listening to Striper's music on the patio while I was skateboarding, trying to get into it, and I'm just, just like, I can't do this. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, there you go. Uh, hopefully that everybody's listening to Striper that listens to this, because that just cracks me up that we tried to force that kind of, woof. It's still going on, though. Oh, is Striper touring? <laughs> no, I don't know about Striper. But oh, but just pushing that stuff down and yeah. There's a whole there's a whole subculture of music that you know. Right, right, all right. Uh, good stuff. Uh, 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 Tom, what song are you gonna sing for us here? You really want me to do that? <laughs> I was just gonna see if you were. Oh, okay. This this conversation was fun. Thank you all. Uh, thank you all for listening and, and uh, joining us. And um, enjoy your music. Enjoy the art and the beauty we are given. May the peace of the Lord be always with you. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at, at FunDrainPod. We'd love to hear your comments on our episodes and also suggest future episode topics. Also, if you enjoy what we're doing, go on to iTunes and give us a review, please. Thanks a lot.